0: You're listening to the Teaching Ministry of Discovery Church in Bristol, Tennessee. For more information about Discovery or for more free audio content, please visit Discoverybristol.com. We are going through the Book of Proverbs. Uh, we started this adventure in May, and we've been working through the Book of Proverbs. There are 31 days in May. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. And together as a church body, we've been reading a chapter a day. The reading chapter one on May 1st, Chapter 2. On May 2nd and so forth. And so it's been neat. I don't know about you guys. Uh, sometimes uh, I'll, I'll forget to read it and then I feel bad. And, and, I, and so the next day I read twice as much. But, uh, and then I feel guilty because I'm like, oh, everyone else is doing this and I'm a failure. And so if you think that you've been a failure, know that you're in uh, fellow failure company. Yeah, right? And so, but we've been going through and it's, a, it's been a great chapter. Uh, Something Bill Heitfield, one of our elders, had shared with us, uh, shared with me, he had said, you know, feel like Proverbs is like a meal. Like you're just getting nourished, you're diving in, there are all these good things and and it's nourishment for your soul, nourishment for who you are. And, And he said it's like a meal. And so we kind of expanded that thought that it's almost, Proverbs seems like this, like you're at a fancy restaurant, right? And when you open the menu, you, you open it up, and there's all these great sections. And, and there's, uh, you know, the, the fish section. And they got several different meals that you could order if you like fish. And it's the same way with Proverbs, that, that if you were to jumble them around and put all, all the one, like ones together, there's lots of Proverbs on marriage, Proverbs on relationships, there's proverbs on finances. There's proverbs uh, on uh, on controlling your tongue, on anger, on interacting with people. There's these these sections, and so it's this this beautiful menu that we can go through and just just choose and pull one dish, one proverb out, and dive into it. And so uh, we kind of expanded that on that idea. And, and like any great menu, like I said, there's different sections. There's the, the fish section, right? And the, the meat section, and, and the section I always overlook the, the salad and vegetarian section. And then when you get to the back of the menu, what's the best section there is? Dessert. That's right. Those are my people. Whoever thought that, and you've been waiting, I like dessert. Yeah, that's my favorite section, right? I love dessert. Uh, with the staff from used to joke with me when we would do our Christmas thing, uh, Christmas party, and we'd split up by your last name. You'd bring something. I'd usually be like, hey, we should do A through T bring dessert, and then U and Z through Z bring side dishes, and so that's how I'd split it up. I love the dessert part of the menu, and so, this morning, we're going to look at those, as Bill, Bill calls them, the dessert nuggets of Proverbs. That these single standing Proverbs that are really powerful. These single Proverbs throughout the book that, and there'd be many, maybe there are ones that you've read and have just resonated with you throughout the day. Perhaps there are ones that maybe you glossed over and this morning you're going to see, wow, I didn't even see that one. But it's a, it's a good one. Proverbs that, that just leave you wanting more leave you with this lasting taste, leave you contemplating, sometimes challenged. So these little dessert nugget proverbs is what we're looking at this morning. And, and so in normal Discovery fashion, we're going to do that including food, right? And so imagine that you're at the Discovery restaurant. We'll call it a fancy restaurant. We're Les Discovery. And you're at Les Discovery, and you flip to the back of the menu, and it is time for you to enjoy your dessert selection. And so our first on our menu, our first proverb dessert, our first, our first physical dessert is a creme brulee. It is uh, cream brulee. It's a custard with a sugary top that's been used with a blowtorch uh, to caramelize it. Right there, it's already awesome. Dessert and fire. Right, you can't get better than that. Right, but um, uh, does anyone like cream brulee? Anyone? Okay, I see a few hands. All right, we have a waiter, waitress. Thank you very much. Olivia, there's, uh, in this back corner, there's someone, I think, in blue, and they like creme brulee, and so, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. Uh, Our first dessert nugget, uh, our first proverb that we're going to be looking at is Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And this, this one proverb we can unpack for a whole day, for, for a couple weeks, this is, proverb is, is so powerful. It's Solomon sharing this idea with his son. Trust in the Lord. You know, every spy movie, there's always that scene where the the wise mentor says, and remember, trust no one, because you can't trust who is trustworthy. You don't know who's on your side and who's not. And, And Solomon had a similar life. There was in this idea as the king, there would be people trying to usurp usurp his power. And even as he saw it, his brother did this to his father, David, trying to take the power. And and so, who can you trust? And Solomon comes along his son and says, trust in the Lord. We're all going to trust in someone or something. Oftentimes, it's ourselves that we turn to, to trust. But Solomon says, no, 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 trust in the Lord, not in yourself. And this is a hard thing to do. This idea, this this Hebrew word of trust is, is a scene of someone lying helplessly face down as a servant waiting for a master to tell them what to do. That they're just there waiting, trusting that the master would guide them in the in the right spot. Trust in the Lord. Solomon has seen. The Lord was faithful. For the people of Israel, he's heard the stories, but but he's seen firsthand. Think of all the stories with David, with his dad, that he's heard time and again when dad tells him, you know what, this one time, here's what the Lord did for me. This one time the Lord came through, this one time the Lord was talking to me, and imagine Solomon growing up in that and saying, you talk to the Lord, and then Solomon becomes king, and he converses with the Lord. Of anyone that knows that God is trustworthy, that God is faithful to his word, it it would be Solomon telling his son... Trust in the Lord. Act as if the servant ready for the master's command. and says to trust with all your heart. Not just this partial trust that we so often want to do. Right? That I, I think Solomon's son was, was leery of this as, as we are sometimes. Okay, I'll, I'll trust God, but, but I'm going to keep some of the control myself. I'll trust God with this, but, but maybe not with this part of my life. I'll trust God with some of my time, but I'll go to church on Sunday morning, but I'm not trusting him with the finances. I'm trusting him with with my finances, but not with my family. Different areas, but it says with all of your heart. I read an example that someone that's standing with one foot on a rock and one foot in quicksand is still going to fall into the quicksand. We have to be fully on the rock, trusting in God with and not lean not on our own understanding. It's so often easy for us, right? That, that we want to rely on what we think and what we can figure out. That we will trust in the Lord and not in our understanding. is to let go of control. And that is hard. Like I said, this proverb is, is this dessert nugget because it's, it's powerful. It's one that we can meditate on all day long. What does it look like? To trust in the Lord with all my heart, with everything that I am. And lean not on my understanding. What's it look like to let go of control? What's it look like to fully trust God's got this? To not try to manipulate, not try to control it, not to try to to have my hand in it. But to fully follow God. And so at the end of each one of these little nuggets, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Just to think about, just to meditate on. Just to be that one last bite of dessert that you've been holding on to. And at the end of the meal, you take it just enjoy that sweet flavor for a little while. So this week, where do we need to trust in the Lord with all our heart? Where do we need to let go of control and stop leaning on our, under, on our own understanding? Where in your life this week do you need to trust the Lord rather than yourself? Our next dessert on the menu is an eclair, a chocolate eclair. It's a filled pastry covered with uh, some kind of cream inside, covered with some kind of topping. Uh, when I grew up, we called that long johns, and we would buy it at Dunkin' Donuts. But for fancy people, they call it eclairs and charge three times more. So if you would like a fancy long john, please raise your hand. Someone, someone oh, I see someone right up front here, if you would like to take that to them. Thank you. Our next proverb nugget, is, our next proverb dessert is start your children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Start your children off the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. The job of a parent is to dra- train our children, right? To teach them the way. And, and the reality is, there will come a point where our kids will have to make the decisions themselves. That every child will have to either decide to follow the way that their parents taught them, or follow the, the alternative. But Solomon's trying to advise us, start them off right. Train them up right. Right. Well, I grew up a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I loved Ozzie Smith. For those of you old-time 1980s baseball fans, you know Ozzie Smith did the flip. I loved Ozzie Smith. I played shortstop in Little League just because I wanted to be like him. Uh, I loved the St. Louis Cardinals. I knew all the players on the team, uh, and I knew everything about the Cardinals. But the reality is I also grew up in Denver, Colorado. There's absolutely no reason that I was a St. Louis Cardinals fan except for my dad, my dad was a St. Louis Cardinals fan. My grandpa was a St. Louis Cardinals fan. It was a given that I would love the St. Louis Cardinals. This is how I was trained up. Same thing happens with our love for God. I love the Cardinals to this day. Are we training up our kids to love God in the same way? To train them up on which way they should go. Like I said, every person has the opportunity. The free will comes in and and they can decide which way they're going. but, But can we start them off right? How are we training them? And this training isn't just our words. This training isn't just telling them, hey, you should listen to God and you should go to church. But then they see, us, they see us use words that we aren't glorifying. They see us treat other people not loving. They, treat us, they see us be, do shady things in our business, to be mean to our neighbors, to yell while we're driving. We're training up our kids every time they're watching us. How are you training up your kids? Are you training up to follow Jesus, to be passionate for him? To want to read their Bible because they see mom and dad read their Bible. To want to treat other people godly because they see that's how mom and dad have taught them. To want to speak holy and be God-fearing because that's how, God, that's how mom and dad have trained them up. Train up our children. And they'll not depart from that path. So that last bite of the dessert. How are you training up your kids? Training isn't just what we say, but... That's what we do. So are your actions at home training up your kids to follow the Lord? Are your actions at home teaching them to be more Christ like? Are your actions at work and with your neighbor and with your interaction with your spouse and and interaction with, with an ex spouse and the interaction with all these things? Is that pointing them to be like Christ? How are we training up our children? Everyone likes a creamy chocolate dessert. For example, a chocolate mousse. Chocolate mousse is made with uh, custard and eggs and other stuff I don't know. But I was reading that you use a lot of air, mix it in, makes it light and fluffy. It's a beautiful chocolate mousse. And so, uh, uh, does anyone like chocolate mousse? Anyone? Oh, I see someone. No, it's my son. It doesn't count. Anyone else? <laughs> I think someone over here would like chocolate mousse. If you want to head over there. Um, The next proverb dessert that we have is as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I love the blacksmith at Pigeon Forge. I don't know if you guys have seen him. I I go, and when they're working, the sparks are flying and they're hammering. I have the shortest attention span, but I could watch that guy for hours. I don't know why. It just sucks me in. And it's just amazing to watch this. And to see the results of what they get at the end is because of a hard process of hammering, of pounding, of sparks flying. As iron sharpens iron, like with the blacksmith. This is how weird to be, to sharpen each other. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's painful when a friend comes to you and tells you, you know, I've, I've been seeing this pattern in how you've been behaving. Hey, I don't know if you noticed, but the thing you said the other day, I've been struggling with that. To be able to come to a friend and be open and honest with them, sometimes that's hard. But for us to grow for us to, get, to improve, it often causes pain, right? If you want to improve physically, you go into the gym and, and they say no pain, no gain. It's the same with us in our character. No pain, no gain. That if we just continue on at the status quo, we're not improving to be a better person. But if we have friends, if we have a small group that challenges us, that grows us to be more Christ-like, it might hurt sometimes, but it's better in the long run. The same idea goes with, with attending church. This is how church should be, that when we leave here, we shouldn't just feel happy-go-lucky. That if, if we've left church and you've never felt challenged, then, then we're either not paying attention or the church isn't doing a good job. Because the gospel that we're supposed to be preaching, the word of God, is challenging. it sometimes condemning. It sometimes steps on our toes and, and well, points out our flaws. As iron sharpens iron... God's word sharpens us. It's meant to grow us. It's meant to make us better. And so my question for you is where are you being sharpened? Are you in God's word? Are you connected with friends that make you a better person? There's a difference between just are you connected with friends. Or are you connected with friends that are making you a better person, that are pointing you to be more like Christ? As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. A cannoli, an Italian dessert. It's a fried pastry shell filled with a ricotta cheese filling, and this one has chocolate chips and chocolate and powdered sugar on it. Uh, cannolis are a wonderful dessert, um, not super sweet, so not my favorite. But it is. It's uh, people that don't like the sweet love it. So uh, I don't know if anyone in this section has got any dessert, but they look like cannoli people, and so I actually don't know what a cannoli person looks like. But uh, just any, uh, pretty much anyone's gonna like a cannoli. All right. Um, The proverb dessert, in their hearts human beings plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In their hearts human beings plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. This was a theme verse for Sarah and I when we went to Taiwan. Actually, they encouraged us to make uh, prayer cards, and they said, put pictures of yourself on it. You need to have pictures of yourself so people know, and they'll be praying for you, and and they'll see you, and they'll want to give money. And we just, we were struggling with that, and we're like, I don't know if this is the right way, what our, our mission group was telling us. And so we took a picture of ourselves. It was my feet and Sarah's feet, Abby's feet and Isaiah's feet. And then we put that verse and so it was just a picture of our feet and in this verse that said, In their hearts, human beings plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. We're encouraged to make plans. We're encouraged to, to figure out our life, not just to go willy-nilly. But are we willing to follow God when we need? Are we willing to, to follow him despite our plans? So often we look at this verse and you almost see it as a negative. But, Lord, I don't want to follow your plans. You told me to make plans, and now I have to change it all. You're going to direct where I go? Lord, I got this great idea. I got this all all mapped out. Why do I need to change and follow? But then there's other verses that explain why. That no matter how great our plans are, God has even greater ones. Ephesians 3.20 speaks of this. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. God's plans are amazingly more. And we don't know how that looks. We may never see the impact of following God's plan. But God does. He's got this grander view that covers all of the space and time. And he'll be able to see... They followed my plan, and here's why I needed them to do that. There's another proverb similar to it. 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plan. God allows us, even expects us to make our plans. But we want to have this relationship that that when we have our plans, that we are faithful to follow God uh, with whatever is to come. And for Solomon, the what is to come the Lord directing his steps. It's okay for us to make plans, but are we leaving space for God? Are we willing to drop those plans and follow him? Those are some hard questions because we all have plans. We all want to ha- have it our way. We all want to know what we're doing. But what if God changed those? What if God changed those and said, that's not where I want you to work and that's not what I want you to do with the, the, that money. That's not what I want you to do this afternoon. Would you be willing to change? Ah, oh, God, I got, I got, God, I got to get my lawn mowing done. God, I got to uh, get, do all of our bills this afternoon. God, I got to get the kids ready for school this week. God, I got to do all this. And what if God tells you to go and just talk to the neighbor? Because they're having a hard day. Would you be willing to drop it all and follow God? We may make our plans, but are we willing to let him direct our steps? This week, are you willing to let him direct them? Sometimes we struggle with this, and that maybe goes back to that first proverb on trusting the Lord instead of ourselves. What's it look like for us to follow him? Finally, our last proverb I realize a lot of these are sugary based and I wanted to have a healthy option. For some of you guys that are trying to watch your waistline and think all this I can't eat any of this. Why don't you do fruits and vegetables something nutritious. I got your back. Carrot cake. (laughs) Carrot cake is full of vegetables. Carrot cake is a nutritious supplement. This even has shreds of carrot on top. Rabbits like carrots and rabbits live forever. And so, because they're all over the place. So, we have a healthy option. Uh, Olivia, whoever you want. Just enjoy, just not, just not Isaiah. He, not my son, alright? He's, he's gone in for all this sugar. Um, or vegetables in this case. Uh, alright, last proverb is Proverbs 14:12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. We were talking as a staff, and, and Elliot mentioned this one. He said, this is one of those Proverbs that you'd like a little bit more information, right? There's a way that appears to be right, but it leads to death. What is that way? Like, Can you point? Is there a sign? But let us know which way not to go down that road. Proverbs often speaks about the way, about a person's walk, about the journey that we take, about the path we're following. And we're trying to often actively follow God, and at times, sometimes we're falling our own direction. Sometimes we're pursuing something, sometimes we're avoiding something. We all are on this journey, and at different times it looks different ways. And here, Solomon is giving his son some advice. There's a way that you might be going, and it might look right, it might be enticing, it might feel good. But, son, in the end, it leads to death. Solomon knows that often the the way of death is deceptive. It it looks great from the beginning, but when you get there you realize at the end, this isn't where I meant to be. This isn't where I wanted to go. This is why we gotta rely on the Holy Spirit that as Christians we have the Holy Spirit to help guide us to help and to lead us and this is why we need to re- read our bible and ask for the spirit to reveal this is why we need to listen to the prompting of the spirit as paul tells us in romans 8:14 it says for those who are led by the spirit of god are the children of god we need to be led by the spirit of god to follow him so this idea that there's this way that seems right but it leads to death it's an idea that jesus echoes Many years later, Matthew 7, verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gates. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Are we pursuing Jesus? All throughout Proverbs, we've been looking at seek wisdom, pursue wisdom, gain wisdom. And the Bible tells us many verses that God is wisdom and that Jesus is the flesh and bones of wisdom. Are we pursuing him? He is the narrow road and not many will find it. The road that seems right often leads to death. But Jesus says in John fourteen six about this path, about this way, says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Solomon shared that there's a way that leads to death, and Jesus shares there's a way that leads to life. And that way is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way that leads to forgiveness, that leads to peace, leads to heaven, leads to eternity, leads to joy, leads to hope, leads to love. And so as we're looking at these proverbs, Many of them point us to God. Many of, us point, many of them point us to Jesus. There is a way that might seem right, but it leads to death. And for some people here, you might have not accepted Jesus as your Savior. I want to encourage you, stop following that way that's leading to death. But pursue the one that is the way, the truth, and the life. The one that will lead you to the Father. Accept Jesus as your Savior. This morning, make that happen today. Talk to us in the prayer room. Talk to us outside. Accept Jesus as your Savior. And for those of us that have accepted him, we have one last little morsel to partake together. It's not a dessert. It's something even better. It's communion. That this morning we're going to have communion as this reminder that Jesus is the way. That there are these two paths and we've chosen to follow the path that leads to Christ. And so communion is meant to be a constant reminder of Jesus' death on the cross and a reminder of his resurrection. That we would be reminded that he died for our sins and through that we have eternity. Through that we have peace. Through that we have salvation. Through that we have forgiveness. Greater than any dessert we could have here today. So we have Jesus Christ. And so this morning, as you take communion, think through some of these Proverbs, which are ones that maybe God is putting on your heart for a reason. Maybe it was a little convicting. Maybe stepped on your toes. Maybe it was just an encouragement, a reminder of how you want to be this week, that we want to train up our children right, or that we want to follow the path that's leading to God, that we want to get with friends and be in a small group, and iron sharpens iron. Maybe it's this week. We need to trust in the Lord and not in our own understanding. So, at this time of communion, be a time to reflect on which one of these Proverbs is God speaking to you. If you'll pray with me, Lord, we thank you for your love and care for us. God, we thank you for these Proverbs, for these little nuggets of sweet wisdom. God, I pray that we can follow you with our whole heart, that this week you would bring these Proverbs up to our minds, that we would be convicted by the Holy Spirit when we need it, that we would be led by your word to live a life that is following the the way not to death, but the way to the Father.